against and works even before this final chapter is in theaters the question of the rest of the saga is being raised there are six more star wars chapters in outline form what about those early colonial wars or perhaps future Jedi babies with Luke as the elder statesman Obi-Wan is today. The fans say yes. I like to see more Star Wars movies because, well, I just like all the stories and I'd like to hear a lot more about these different ones. I want to see more of the adventure and, and I want to see more because it's more fun. I'd like to see more of his creative things like his animals and everything. I hope they make some ones that start out from the beginning. I hope they make more Star Wars movies, but I think it's really up to the guy who makes it. And those closest to Lucas think we've seen the last of Star Wars, for a while at least. After this film, George wants to take a break, the first time in ten years. I don't know that George wants to do nine Star Wars films. Still, in the future, machines may have the last word. fans and move milkers everywhere welcome to episode number 180 of blast points this is jason and it's gabe and it's tom spina surprise <laughs> he keeps sneaking in here <laughs> i just popped up behind gabe we turned the lights on and you were already here that's right you never know where i'm gonna pop up <laughs> See, i just i still like to think he's always here in some weeks like you said you guys got just we got it covered just I'll just observe in the background. You're doing great. And I'm just like eating. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be Tom sleeping. Shh. We got to be quiet. So how are you guys today? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. How, so, so Tom, you, you, you brought us here this evening. We were, we were going, we had, we were doing our thing during the week and you're like, guys, I've got to talk to you about something. <laughs> this is one of those things. I don't know how we haven't talked about it yet. Like I, in the, in the message to Jason, I was almost like, I, I wanted to start it. Like if I've asked you about this, make, you know, just stop me. So this is something that has been around since 1985 captured my imagination at the time and recently sort of came back into mind and just like, 
Did I imagine that? Was that a dream? Did that really exist? I know it exists. I remember this very clearly. And so I said, you know, this this might be something worth discussing. Why don't we, like, I know who I'm going to call <laughs> in my most New York way. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I, I dug out. What do we have here? It's uh, volume number one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, uh, volume one, number four, from the summer of 1985, the Star Blazer special magazine titled Star Wars 4, <laughs> which foretold George Lucas's great new film <laughs> right there on the cover. This was, in a time long before the internet, long before chat forums, this was how we speculated <laughs> what these new movies were going to be. We did not realize how long we'd have to wait for that movie. And if you are listening, go look, look this up. I'm hoping, so are you guys going to post the, so we have scanned the relevant parts of this magazine. Uh, are you guys going to be able to post those somewhere so folks listening along can, can look for themselves? Yes, I, I, think, I think we'll post it on our, definitely on our Facebook group, and we'll, we'll post it on Instagram and as many places as we can. And hopefully the, the Starburst lawyers don't come after us, <laughs> or Star, Star Blazer, sorry. I wish it had fruity candy to go with it too, but it doesn't know. So yeah, so this came from, so I, uh, as a kid, there was a little shop down the corner where, uh, you know, you get cards and whatever, a little five and dime kind of place. And um, that's where I would get my Marvel comics, uh, you know, all my Marvel Star Wars and whatever other ones caught my eye. Spider-Man was a big one uh, towards later on in the 80s. It was Punisher and Wolverine and all of that fun stuff. But also, you know, I would pick up occasionally a Famous Monsters magazine, sometimes a Starlog or a Fangoria if I was feeling really, uh, really out there, I might go for Gore Zone or Deep Red with a more like real, like kind of gory horror stuff. I was into the makeup, and so you know that was always a good bet. I just remember going and seeing folks at home check out the Facebook group, and you'll see it was Darth Vader's image with a really bad superimposed image of um, it looks to be a Terminator endoskeleton on half the image <laughs> along with Sybil Danning right there on the cover uh, who, who folks may remember from howling Two, your sister is a werewolf uh, just in case uh, anybody else knows that one. But yes, yeah, so star Wars four George Lucas's great new film, Darth Vader, how he became the Prince of evil, more machine than human. And then uh, Sybil Danning as the sexy witch that seduces him and brings him to the evil side of the force, not the dark side. Dark side doesn't go right. far enough. This is no. this is the evil side. <laughs> he tr he tried the dark side and it didn't work. So <laughs> Sybil's taking him to the next level. And and so this was two fifty. This magazine, yet it claims it has a Sybil Danning centerfold that is a ten dollar value, <laughs> um, which is bold. That's a bold claim. I now. You guys have seen the scans. I'm going to, it's hard to paint a picture. I feel like, you know, I talked to a lot of folks who were you know, born in the eighties who really, by the time they became old enough to, um, to know what's what, uh, they were, there were a lot more sources for information on this sort of stuff. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you guys were a kid, and there there were still only four or five channels on the oh, television. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I would go to the Seven Eleven in town to get comics, and they didn't even have like a real section. It was just one of those like rotating racks in the corner. Like that was the that was the comic shop I had. <laughs> this was a time, yeah, you know, for anybody that doesn't remember. I mean, this was a time where we were waiting three years for every movie with almost nothing to go on. It's really hard to describe. And now, so here we are. Return of the Jedi has come and gone. Uh, we've had very little you know, news or information. We get just little dribs and drabs and teases here. I remember at the time hearing that, you know, George had plans for nine movies. That was the, the big news that, that was in all of our brains. We had read it somewhere. I'm not sure where, but that just was common knowledge. There's nine movies. There's going to be nine movies. We can't wait for the next movie. When's it coming out? Well, it's got to be 86 because <laughs> Turn of the Jedi was 83. It's every three years. That's the next movie. And it's interesting that they call it Star Wars 4 when by that point we were already on to George's you know, clever naming system of 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3. But it is interesting that <laughs> they were keyed in that he was going to be doing the prequels next, which I'm sure was as much an accident as it is anything. Yeah. But do you think maybe they called the magazine, it's really Star Wars IV, because it was like the only way you could get your fix. You had to like plug this magazine into your blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> that might be the best description for this magazine ever. But yeah, now... Let's not typecast Star Blazer here, okay? Uh, because there is additional content. There is uh, there's stuff about Dune. Uh, there's a great article about V. Uh, if anybody remembers that show, yeah. Um, right. There is oh gosh, uh, Spock is dead, but not for long. Uh, is one of the articles. Uh, so you know, again, think about the time. Uh, Grace Jones from a View to a Kill. And uh, one of my favorites, so there is a, a preview of Howling 2, but there's actually some really good coverage of The Company of Wolves, a, a very weird kind of movie on its own, but had one of the coolest werewolf transformations ever done by Chris Tucker, not the actor. Um, Neil, Neil Jordan film. Yeah. But yeah, that was one of the first times where we had that like snout coming out of the mouth transformation and like the pulling off of the skin. And, you know, what Tucker did on that was really cool stuff. Anyway, and Tucker uh, uh, was one of the people who worked on uh, Star Wars Cantina, of all things. So there's a connection there, too. There is something happening in the woods no man can explain. For it is here, beneath the souls of men, that the passions of the beast run wild. Company of Wolves. The fairy tale ends when the wolves come out. The Company of Wolves. Rated R. Starts Friday, April 19th at a theater near you. By the time 1985 started to roll, roll around, the Star Wars mania, it was starting to chill out. It was, you, you couldn't, you didn't have a new Star Wars lunchbox for school unless you wanted like a Wicket the Ewok one. It was, it was getting rough to be a, a, a diehard Star Wars fan in 85. Let's kind of, let's go back into our own past of summer of 85 and kind of talk about where we were and why something like Star Blazer, Star Wars 4 was such a revelation. <laughs> Picture it, Starcourt Mall, 1985. <laughs> That's exactly it, too. It was, it, I don't want to say Star Wars was dying, but it wasn't 
the phenomena that it used to be f- for everyone else. I'm sure for us it still was. It definitely was for me. You know, there was no news like this. I, I think you called it a revelation, and that's really it. It's one of these things where you know, you're just going through all the magazines on the shelf, and it's all the various non-Star Wars stuff at that point. And then all of a sudden, you have this great you know, Return of the Jedi Darth Vader image with the, with the Terminator on it, staring at you from the cover. It's like, okay, what do we have here? And, you know, here's the other thing to remember. So I'm getting this, and I'm like, 12 or 13 and I'm buying every word of it. Like I, oh, this yeah. is in print. This is in right. a magazine written by grownups. Right. 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 No one, no one printed anything that wasn't true when we were kids. Right. There's no way they could have just made this up. This is, <laughs> this is the, the report. This, this guy did his homework, found out what the next Star Wars was going to be and is now telling us, Holy cow. It, the, with talking about this makes me think about like what you were saying earlier, Tom. Like I remember not even really knowing Return of the Jedi was going to come out, and I think I've told the story on the show before. But going with my grandma and my sister to go see Annie at the Plaza One and Two at Muskegon, Michigan, and seeing the first teaser for Revenge of the Jedi. Oh my gosh! I'm like not even like. Is there ever going to be? Is there going to be another Star Wars movie? When's it coming? I don't even know. And then, like all of a sudden, on the you didn't know if a movie was coming out until you saw the trailer in the theater. Like unless you were reading reading Starlog, or you know, I wasn't reading Variety in Muskegon, Michigan, in the mid in the early nineteen eighties. I didn't know. You know, it was very. It was a very, 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 very different time. And it, it is. It's it's so drastic. The difference. We're just saturated with this stuff now inundated with news and updates and you know oh gosh that latest report that you know daisy ridley said the lightsabers were a little lighter in episode nine (laughs) the deluge of clickbait articles that i saw in the last two days just daisy ridley announces major change to lightsabers and like (laughs) seriously like it's insane how every little thing gets uh, gets you know just blasted out there yeah Back then, nothing. I, I remember, I mean, it's like that the, the figures as well. You didn't know a figure was coming out unless you saw it on the shelf or bought a figure in the wave that it was in so you could turn the figure over and on the back see which ones were coming. You know, I remember 85 for me was, uh, was trying to hunt down those last waves of figures. I had collected them. Um, both as a kid being very lucky, my parents got me a bunch of them and then I buy them with my allowance or trade with friends and stuff like that to try and get whatever I was missing. And then, you know, by this point I probably had a paper out or whatever. And, and, uh, was, you know, I, I remember riding my bike to, uh, the mall, uh, not the star court mall, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but riding to the mall and, and, you know, getting stuff at KB toys. And I remember the, I remember a bin in 85 of clearance Star Wars figures for 50 cents each. Wow. Um, and I mean, this could have even been early 86, but it was, it was right around that time. Um, and it was just one of these big metal grid bins filled. And I remember it was mostly Bib Fortuna and <laughs> Scout Troopers and Gamorrean Guards for whatever reason. And of course, now I'm like, when did I leave my time machine? I'm going to pick that up. <laughs> right. uh, not where, when. 
you know, it's, it was so challenging and I would go and you would just see the peg warmers and you would never see the new figures because they weren't selling as well. So the places weren't buying them. Uh, but yeah, I would, you know, get to the local Toys R Us, get to the KB Toys. Oh gosh, there was a Coronet toy store near me that was like a little kind of mom and pop-ish type place um, that you'd sometimes luck out. But yeah, that that was 85, you know, very different time. I remember going to the Toys R Us in Grand Rapids. And because that like we there wasn't a Toys R Us in Muskegon, and we'd go to the Toys R Us in Grand Rapids, and that was like, ooh, we're gonna find the good stuff, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, yeah, I was like nine or ten, and they, I was really into the micro collection, and they had a bunch of the mic, they had the micro collection on clearance. Oh, and I remember being like old enough to kind of know Star Wars toys shouldn't be on clearance. Right. Where it was kind of like, why is this stuff so cheap? Like, this is like, this was like the the greatest toys of all time. This was like the greatest presents ever. And why are they like being marked down? But also, I got like all the micro collection and I was like, oh my God. But also, I kind of remember being like, I'm almost 10 and. I was really, I was playing lots of like Atari games and I was doing other kind of, I was reading about like computer games and stuff. And it was also kind of the same time of like that thing of like, oh, you shouldn't be playing with toys anymore. But I couldn't stay away from those micro collections. (laughs) They were so good. I had, um, I had the hot set. I had everything except the set that had the um, ATST. Um, the little, uh, one of those friend of mine had that one, but I had the other three or four sets. And then I had two out of the three Bespin sets. I had the two wings, but not the main chamber. Oh, that free, the freezing chamber. So good. But yeah. And, uh, my buddy had the, the two death star sets and eventually, of course, you know, as soon as disposable income became a thing, I went and found those immediately. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so good, those sets. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just remember I had a Star Wars birthday in either 84, 85, and I really wanted a speeder bike birthday cake. And in my mind, it was, like, going to be a cake that looked like a speeder bike. And one of, uh, one of my friend's moms made it for me, and she just bought the toy and set it on top. <laughs> and at the time, <laughs> I was, like, really disappointed. But then after, after we ate it, I, I realized I got to keep the speeder bike and the biker scout. I was kind of okay with it. But that's, I think that that's my most vivid, I think, 84, 85 Return of the Jedi. <laughs> How great is pushing the button on the back of that toy? Oh. Oh, and the thing just falls apart in three yeah. pieces. Especially when he explodes into cake is pretty much the only way you can make it any better. Wampa! Hot Wampa Cave looks inside. It connects to Hot Iron Cannon. Hoth World, three play sets in one from Star Wars Micro Collection line. 19 die-cast figures and action poses included. Closed door. Race tower. Activate Iron Cannon. Connected to Hot Generator attack. World from Star Wars Micro Collection line. Playsets also sold separately, figures included from Kenner. Let's start diving in to this the Star Blazer magazine, which I keep wanting to call Starburst, because maybe I just want a fruity chewy candy. Why did you hang on to it for so long? 
And what inspired you to to dig this back up before we start diving into it? So um, I, I held on to it because it really is unique. It falls in the category almost of what is it, the weekly world news or the world weekly news. I never mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like that, but for Star Wars movie news, you know, it is so audacious and wild in its speculation it it really resonated with me and it, it was one of these things where not a lot survived you know i've uh moved a couple of times since 1985 i've <laughs> uh, you know things have come and gone in through the collection and stuff and a lot of stuff has a lot of stuff has gone away um but i never could part with it it came back to mind um, I want to say it was about a year or a year and a half ago, just completely randomly. And I don't even know what sparked it. It was, I was, it was, I was at a convention and I think having dinner with Pablo Hidalgo or something like that. And just, have you ever heard of this? And he hadn't. And that was, that was why I went <laughs> and did those scans. I was like, oh, you need, you need to see what this was. And then it just sort of went away in the back of my mind for a long time. And then, uh, you know, I, you guys had asked before we did, I think, the last podcast. You know, it's like, oh, if you have any ideas for what may, might make an interesting show, let me know. And then <laughs> I, I just, you know, going through the shelves, moving some things around, had a stack of papers in the, uh, in the basement uh, display space here. And uh, I, I guess it must have been, well, my birthday was recently and I had a couple new Universal Monster figures that I, that I was getting ready to set up and some, uh, some I've been filling in my collection of uh, Marvel Star Wars comics, of which I'm missing only a handful, but my wife picks me up one or two every year for my birthday. So I was just going through stuff and this popped up and I'm, I'm just like, oh, Oh right, this like <laughs> I they have to know. And I, I and like I said, I thought I was like, I must have said something to them, but this is too good not to have, have talked about already. And so yeah, so that's that's why I held on to it and why it has uh why it's come back up and it just brings me such joy. I don't know why. It's so silly. <laughs> well, it's it's neat in a way because like you were saying how everything every little thing you get 50 like clickbait articles about that you don't get like just rampant speculation like this in print anymore where it's like something right like 20 years from now maybe someone's going to print out all the all the articles online and have them in a binder or something maybe or you can you know go but having something seemingly so official that's really just a lot of kind of nonsense is is kind of amazing these days absolutely absolutely and it's i mean i i have to wonder like i'm not seeing copyrights on any of the images like (laughs) i have to assume that this is and this is one of those it's it's a la famous monsters you know the the it's the color cover and the newsprint pages you know I, I have to think that as magazines go, this is this was pretty cheaply produced. God, I would love to find who wrote this and just just say like, all right, what was the mandate here? You know, what was your <laughs> what, what what were your marching orders with this? Like, the editor come in and it's like, get me pictures of Darth Vader with, <laughs> with the 
a Terminator on his face, you know, big cigar. And you have to fill at least 10 pages. It's surprisingly long. Um, Sybil Danning, you know, from the Hercules, the Luferigno one. She's a sexy witch. She's in Howling too. She's going to be huge, I tell you. Um, it's 10 pages of some great photos and just rampant speculation. As a, as a young person reading this magazine, do you remember what parts, like, were blowing your mind at the time? Like, was it the sequel trilogy stuff? Was it the prequel trilogy stuff? Like, what, what was just that you couldn't stop thinking about? Well, just the idea that Mark Hamill was going to play the young Darth Vader was my thing. And so they don't, it's funny, because they don't really say that Mark Hamill is going to actually say like Anakin Skywalker is played by young Luke here, uh, seen here being transformed into the evil Darth Vader. And it is a terrible photo, not Photoshop, (laughs) but just probably an optical composite of Darth Vader walking into the echo uh, Echo base with the snowtroopers and just Mark Hamill (laughs) overlaid on half of him right down the middle, because we know that's how Darth Vader transformed uh, from right to left. Yes. And um, so, I mean, stuff like that was what grabbed me. Stuff where I, I could picture in my mind how this was going to uh, be played. I, they mentioned the Clone Wars a few times. I was fascinated by the idea of the Clone Wars. It's interesting, you know, how they were portrayed in episode two versus whatever was in everyone's mind for these decades before that was for a lot of us just a tough thing to get our heads around. But to, you know, just read their sort of speculation on that. And yeah, I I just remember being fascinated by the idea that they were prequels. I'm flipping through. I have it in front of me and I'm just looking yeah. and I'm just I'm mesmerized by the photos. I'm looking yeah. and I see just all sorts of things. You've got Darth Vader descends into the depths of hell and it's just Darth Vader walking down the ramp of the shuttle <laughs> from Return of the Jedi. But, you know. And I'm like, this has to be a shot from the new movie. This is amazing. Uh, Lucas and Spielberg, can they do it again? So apparently, you know, Steven Spielberg was going to be, uh, oh, wait, here's another shot of uh, Mark Hamill. Young Anakin is played by Mark Hamill. There we go. Is played. There we are. That's how that that that's how this is going to be. And my favorite thing, though, is at the very uh, maybe not the end. How many? There's many more pages. All right. But on one of the pages, there's the uh, the photo of the emperor, quote unquote, which I'm like 90 percent sure the image they have is is actually the from the exorcist. Maybe it looks (laughs) a lot like the Pazuzu face like Eileen Deeds played. (laughs) It's so weird. Uh, <laughs> well, Tom, we have not seen the Rise of Skywalker yet. We don't know, <laughs> right? Maybe Starblazer was onto something. You know, the the cover of this with the Terminator face looks a lot like that concept art of the of the grave robber with the with the cyborg mask from Force Awakens. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe someone else has heard of this. Um, I do like. So I'm just I'm just gonna randomly throw. I don't think we can really go through this whole thing. But as I'm as I'm flipping through, I'm just going to do some random reads if you guys are cool with it. And oh, just, yeah. So so here we have. So they they first. So here's my favorite thing about this article, reading it with adult eyes. <laughs> um, whoever wrote this 
just hedges every possible bet. It's they could do this. They might do this. Of course, they could also do this or, you know, so everything is sort of in this if and or kind of thing. So it goes through pages and pages of how these are going to be prequels and then starts talking about how they could be sequels, too. You know, <laughs> it's just like, oh, all right. You know, you could hear the, the record skip like that. So ahead to the future. <laughs> so and if the films which could be made about what went before pose a great deal of possibilities, then the ones set after Return of the Jedi offer even more possibilities. So new Star Wars films could make a new set of fans just equally loved as equally loved by everyone. Raiders star Karen Allen could easily step into the part of Luke's future love or as a Jedi or even as Luke and Leia's mother. <laughs> it's almost like when you have like those phony psychics with like uh, a, a John or a, a Joe, a Jacob. It's a J word uh, or, or, or an L uh, somewhere around a J K L M N O P Q R S T Tom. I got a Tom. Yeah, that's who is talking to me. Thank you. Like it's almost one of those. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger could play an alien general, but if these names are too big, after all, Ford Fisher and Hamill spelled wrong, H-A-M-I-L, by the way, barely had any credits before Star Wars. Uh, he might want to get all new actors and actresses just out of acting school. I really like the part where they're speculating about are some of the Jedi, the characters, mothers and fathers from the original trilogy, like, will one of the characters be Admiral Akbar's dad or something like that's that's the stuff I want to think about. <laughs> I am catching their spelling Hamill correctly and incorrectly throughout, by the way, just so everyone's aware of that. That's, that's probably for legal for legal reasons. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the lawyers come, they they show them the misspelled pages, so it's it's totally not the same actor. So here's something funny. So an article like this could not be written about any other Star Wars science uh, any other science fiction film. No one speculates what might happen in Outland Two. No one's concerned yes. about the possibilities yep. of Beyond Videodrome or Crawl the sequel. Um, <laughs> even the Star Trek films themselves have not received the kind of attention Star Wars does. For if nothing else, Star Wars made all uh, all the others. Star Trek Superman twenty ten. Dune, Starman, all the others from uh, from the best to the worst possible. That's interesting that they're saying Star Trek is possible. Well, I guess the Star Trek movies. But yeah, before Star Wars was made, no one was making science fiction, fiction films. Nobody cared. Um, <laughs> it's true. That is really funny. That's how the guys uh, or girl is closing out uh, their article of amazing things uh let's oh it is possible that 1986 could give us a solo lando calrissian adventure 87 a sky uh, luke skywalker film 88 a chewbacca r2d2 team up um etc mixing these in with the fun ones of the past could quite possibly set three or four films in motion around the world so that's prescient (laughs) right there like i mean so bob Iger had this magazine probably (laughs) Life, right? I mean, it's amazing. Well, I like when when they're talking about the the there's a little paragraph about the solo thing where they're like other little questions. Did how did Han Solo and Chewbacca meet? Did Lando know Chewbacca first? Who really owned the Millennium Falcon? Did Han cheat to get it? What were they doing all that time? That's right. Like you well, said, I, somebody's <laughs> been reading. So. so 
So maybe when when George Lucas sold sold Star Wars, he just hand wrote this out on in a notebook and gave it to and gave it to Bob Iger. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What if what if all of this? What if George had written that first? And this really is legit. Like someone broke into Skywalker Ranch, went through these legal pads, and like George, maybe George just left it there just in case anybody ever broke in. Like they'd get bad information, you know, but then it stuck around. Here's one of my favorites. In the future, even C-3PO might become a Jedi. Or if not him, maybe a new droid we've not seen before. After all, anything will be possible. We're still waiting for that one. They're talking about uh, Vader helping some outside force to topple the old Republic. Villains could be a terror, uh, a terrifying race of new aliens, warriors from a, another galaxy bent on conquering the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, at this time, Luke is now as old as Obi-Wan was in Star Wars. Um, so this is the future. I wonder if this, oh, what was the Yuzan Vong with that series? Oh, yeah. You guys remember? The new, of course, the new Jedi Order books, yeah. <laughs> really kind of summarizes that a little bit, doesn't it? They're toppling, mm. sorry, it wasn't the old Republic, the new Republic. Sorry, I was in the future section of the article. It's tough to keep track. <laughs> toppling the new Republic, villains from uh, aliens from another galaxy bent on destroying this one. I don't know. That's interesting. Mm. Maybe even the sons or daughters of Han and Leia. Luke's child seduced by the dark side. One part I thought was particularly interesting. He's saying, well, if Obi-Wan and Yoda and Anakin can come back to give advice, who's to say the Emperor could not do so as well? Yeah, before a couple months ago, we would have read that in Starblazer and said, what, you know, we don't stand for baloney nowadays. Yeah, anything is possible. (laughs) Leia might get married, you know. <laughs> um, says it right in here. Yeah, how did Han and Chewbacca meet? I've got that whole section. The destruction of the old Republic, Obi-Wan and Yoda training Anakin Skywalker, the birth of Luke and Leia, the origin of Vader's armor they're speculating about. But then just in the middle of this, and I love the, the little caveats, how they will do this is anyone's guess. <laughs> Anyone reading this article has and good a chance, I guess he means as good a chance, as good a chance of being right about what they might do as the next person. So like right there, they're really laying out, you know, the problem with guessing on the direction Lucas might take lies in where he starts at what point in time. He may choose to leave the Clone Wars in the past and deal with characters from the birth of Luke and Leia uh, until one knows where it'll start. It is all speculation. (laughs) His earlier films could be filmed with <laughs> filled with tense action scenes, vast battles with force guided Jedi storm, uh, Jedi storming the clone strongholds, using their mystical powers and lightsabers against all manner manner of modern weapons. They could batter their way through armies and robots, dinosaurs, skeletons, anything. <laughs> <laughs> so a few things here. One, the idea that the Jedi were fly, fighting clones was in my mind, and I assume a lot of us back then, what the Clone Wars were. Like, I had always assumed that that was, and again, maybe because of this magazine, but uh, let's also just uh, jump ahead to their fighting dinosaurs and skeletons and robots, because (laughs) that right there, I'm I'm just waiting to say, hopefully that's still in Bob Iger's notes. That's the end of Phantom Menace. They got that right there. There's... 
Jedis and dinosaurs and robots. Yeah, yeah. And, and robots that look like skeletons. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Nostradamus wrote this magazine. <laughs> That's right. There's <laughs> oh, some very interesting speculation in here, to say the least. I'm just now really reading and seeing all the backpedaling. You know, it's just the, the possibilities are endless. And all the question marks, you know, which we know now from our current state of news is the uh, that's your like, you know, no backsies, get out of jail free card right there. Just put a question mark at the end of it. You know? Well, I couldn't. But when, when you sent it to me, I, I went into reading it of being just like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. But then you, re- you read through it, some of it, and it's more accurate than a lot of the Star Wars news predictions that come out today when the movie's five months away. <laughs> I wonder if it's because, and I again, I'm, I would love to know who wrote this, but you know, it, it feels to me written by someone steeped in science fiction and not just steeped in Star Wars, maybe. And just looking at it with a, a little bit of a critical eye, I really hope I'm not giving this person too much credit, um, <laughs> and thinking their way through. All right, well, what are the possibilities here? You know, it's like, all right, I got to write this stupid Star Wars article. Let me just see here. You know, I just picture a grizzled guy in a hat with a cigar and an old time typewriter. You know, it's like Hamill, H-A-M-I-L goes into, ah, crap, I missed, but I'm not going back. Yeah, they're getting a ten. They're getting a ten dollars centerfold for two fifty. Whether there's typos or not, they're still getting a bargain. Um, so yeah, Darth Darth joins Sybil Danning to take over the galaxy. The Sybil Danning thing is never. It's on the cover. She's got a picture in the article. So yeah, you've got you've got her from. I'm pretty sure that's from Howling Two, uh, in the sort of leather dominatrix outfit, and then. There's a side-by-side of Vader from uh, Empire with her in a leopard bikini, just because, um, and a knife. Because I assume they're picturing that's how she's going to look in the movie. I don't know. And this is, this is where they start, you know, wondering, like, is this Sith witch, as they're calling her, going to be the one that turns him? So they do talk about... Um, it's been hinted by Lucasfilm that Darth Vader was forced into his armor after being thrown into a volcano by Obi-Wan. Uh, maybe they stick with this explanation. Maybe not. You got to hedge your bets. Uh, is it something that would have to be shown? Why did Vader don the life-sustaining suit? Would that, uh, what accident befell him? Did it happen as early as the Clone Wars when he was still on the side of good? Or was it something that came uh, with his break from the light side of the Force? Was Obi-Wan responsible for the scars and ruin we glimpsed in The Empire Strikes Back when we saw Vader without his helmet? Which is really interesting here. So, uh, or was this the ru- ruination only a manifestation of, his, of the dark side? All of his scarring disappeared in Jedi when he came back to the good side, which we know is not really true at all. Uh, but this wasn't a time where we had copies of these movies to see all the time. <laughs> so this might just be the way that guy remembered Return of the Jedi. Um, what's really interesting is the scars on uh, Vader are actually the same from Empire to Jedi uh, on on Anakin when he's got the um, the mask off. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is in Empire, they rotate the scars backward a bit. So they're a little more clear from the back of the head. And for Jedi, they're more on top of the head uh, where you're not really seeing them from the back. 
But that was neat stuff we found out from Stuart uh, years ago because he had actually kept the the appliances from those, which is just crazy. I remember Dave Elsie actually talking about that stuff because he looked at those wounds on top of the head. In his mind, he was trying to get around why they were there. You know, were these gashes? Because they're these two really big, weird, bubbly gashes. And, uh, you know, are these gashes? Are these, you know, burns? What What is going on? And uh, he, he did all this research on burn victims. And I don't envy him. But he said there is actually a type of burn that can sort of like, you know, stuff from the inside bubbles to the outside. And it actually yeah. looks like that. And, yeah. You are correct. Uh, is yeah. the correct noise to make when someone says that out loud. So, but uh, it's real neat. And I and I wish I had heard Dave talk about that, you know, back when Stuart was still around so that I could ask him, like, were you thinking about that when you did this? Or is this just a, a happy coincidence? My guess is it's probably a coincidence, but I, you just don't know what those makeup guys, a lot of times they had you know, just really gnarly reference on hand uh, because they were just asked to create all kinds of awful wounds all the time. But, uh, but it, was, it was just interesting to me. And, and, and I mean, I hate to go against the author of this Starblazer article, but yes, those scars were the same in both movies. So I digress. Like it reminds, like talking about it reminds me of the the Starlog uh, issue from 1987 for the 10th anniversary of A New Hope. Like I still have my issue that I got the D and W in Muskegon. I can remember finding it, and I remember it was a similar thing where that was like a whole magazine just devoted to star wars and there was an there was even an article in that about like well what's gonna happen next that was weirdly dead on there's one part that i always think about where they talk about in the last three chapters the empire invader will have perished but the remains of the empire will still be a problem those final star wars adventures could chronicle the inevitable offspring of han solo and leia who would be a young adult around this time with the Millennium Falcon as an inheritance, along with 3PO and R2, there should be su- sufficient excitement to allow the Star Wars saga to end on a quite satisfactory note. So that's yeah. kind of vague, but kind of accurate. Sure, sure. I mean, it's no Star Blazer, but that's pretty good stuff. <laughs> There's no Sybil Danning. That's right. Yeah, where's Sybil Danning in that one? God. And then, you know, now we, we just, of course, we loop right back to it. In the future, maybe it will be Luke's child who is seduced uh, by the dark side. And now the battle between father and son would be reversed. Dun, dun, dun. It is fascinating to me to just look back on this with fresh eyes. And it, it, it really does make you wonder. <laughs> like, who else read this and held on to this? <laughs> well, and it just, it speaks to... We were all thinking about this stuff on our own. We probably didn't have a whole lot of other people to talk about it with for fear of possibly being beat up. You know? uh-huh, uh-huh. So like these memories we have of just reading this insane speculation, we even if some of it was true and some of it was Sybil Danning is the sexy witch. Right. We're, we're, so we, you know, we hang on to it. Well, now we'll just need to, uh, We'll need to come back after um, episode nine comes out 
and compare notes and see how faithful were they to uh, to Starblazer's predictions, the Nostradamus of of all science fiction magazines from the mid nineteen eighties. It's such a great little time machine to to pick up something like this. Like I feel like for as much as we've said that you know. All the speculation we get now, there's never any real, I don't want to say there's no mystery about it. I don't want to say there's no magic about it, but it does remind me, it reminds me a little of like the difference between, you know, an alien monster movie where you barely see the alien in the shadows and it really gets you and makes your imagination go crazy versus the one where it's just out there the whole time in bright sunlight and you're just like, oh, that's a pretty goofy rubber suit. Um (laughs) To me, this magazine is like the shadowy alien of uh, a time where this existed in almost a vacuum. And, you know, we sat there and read this stuff and just thought, we've discovered something. We now know what these new movies are going to be about. Um, Possibly, maybe could go a different way, question mark, or question mark. But, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it really is, it's, it's just such a different time. Like it's, it's hard for me to get my head around, you know, how far it has come. Well, I, I think a good ending is I really like the last paragraph of the article where it says money for film projects can always be found and actors are always available. But the last sentence of what it will take is love, the kind it sometimes seems that only George Lucas knows how to put into a film. <laughs> That's special George Lucas love. The faster, more intense kind. Yeah. It, it doesn't get much more Star Wars than that. <laughs> yeah, that, that special love. Honestly, what it really took was just fans, and it just took all of us still caring about this this many years later, still talking about it. <laughs> So my wife asked me before, you know, what podcast do you have later? And I told her I had to do a podcast thing. And she's uh, I'm like, oh, it's uh, Blast Points. And I'm, I realize as I'm saying it, and no offense to you guys, I'm like, it doesn't matter what I say. It's the Sybil Danning Power Hour. I don't know. You know <laughs> I, I, that's exclusively on the Patreon, Tom. That, sorry. Uh, sorry. A spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but... You know, and, and she just it's like, oh, well, what do they talk about on that show? And I just I like paused for a second. I was like, Star Wars, mostly Star Wars. <laughs> it's just like, don't don't they talk about like like they could do a whole podcast like just on Star Wars, like about a, almost two hundred episodes now. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you know, the cool thing is these guys dig into the really esoteric kind of stuff. I'm like, I, and the way I put it to her was like, it's like our cantina panel, but for all sorts of stuff, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. That's the best compliment you could ever give us, Tom. <laughs> it, it's amazing that that's even possible. How <laughs> could any film, any story, any mythology generate that much and, and still be able to talk about it, still be able to dive into it? How in the hell can we do a cantina panel every Star Wars celebration and even some other conventions and still come up with new stuff from one scene in one movie out of all of this Star Wars magic? It's 
insane that that's even possible. Mm -hmm. And yet not only do we do it, but people are there to get on that journey with us and, you know, watch and listen and go to the Patreon for the special Sybil Danning episode (laughs) and just absorb and then become a part of the conversation after and ask us questions or go to the, you know, Facebook groups or visit, you know, my pages and stuff and hit us up. It's just, it's incredible to me. It really is. It's that, it's that special kind of George Lucas love, you know, (laughs) that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Well, this, so this episode, uh, is, we're recording it in the past, but um, we're going to be post-San Diego Comic-Con in a whole different world. But uh, how can people, we say it every time you're on, but just, just so people know and they don't forget, what's the deal? Yeah, so come find me. I am um, at Tom Spina Designs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at Regal Robot on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, we... We'll be sharing a bunch of stuff from the show. So hopefully by the time you hear this, you can go to the at Regal Robot Instagram and see all kinds of pictures from the booth and the show and stuff like that. We will be announcing some new stuff at the show, which people will have now heard about, I hope. But if they haven't, again, look, uh, look for us on social. You'll probably see some of that stuff. And um, uh, by, that t- by the time you hear this, I, I will be mostly dead, though. Just know that. <laughs> Um, these conventions are slowly killing me every time I come back. And it's always that feeling of like, Hey, two or three days went past. Maybe I didn't get the crud and then nope down for the count for a week, but we, but find us on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you once again, Tom. Thank you for bringing star, the star blazer magazine to us. And it's always a joy always a pleasure talking to you we love it and uh you know when when you're in the background with us just pipe up again sometime who knows <laughs> yeah yeah i'll conk out on the couch and uh if uh if i hear something interesting every once in a yeah. while i'll just i'll just jump in i just i have such a blast chatting with you guys i, I even if you weren't paying me i'd be doing wait it's been a while now too like there's a few shows but uh, but no, I, I it is just always so much fun. I love the uh, dark corners of this galaxy that we all love uh, that you guys explore. And I'm thrilled that you let me be a part of it from time to time. Oh, well, the feeling's mutual and uh, we'll do it again. Absolutely. legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as Star Wars. Here they come. The more you see it, That's where the fun begins. The better it gets. Too fast. Star Wars rated PG starts tomorrow at a theater near you. So iTunes reviews, it's finally time. Let's read some of the stuff that you folks have sent in. 
stuff you guys have posted over there for Apple Podcasts. Our first one here is from Nichal. And Nichal writes, I've only listened to 30 minutes of this podcast and I'm already blown away. These guys are talking about stuff you didn't even think to talk about, and they know stuff you never thought of knowing. <laughs> the two-minute intro almost made me give up, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's, that's totally fair. We, we, like, we like to ease into the show with a little bit of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the intros get out of control. You can always skip ahead. You can, but I... You can. But, but don't do it. You might miss some gold in there. You're right. Yeah. You never know. It's gold in those hills. I'm glad the two-minute intro did not make you have you give up either, Nietzsche. I'm glad you stuck around. Yes, thank you. All right. Next we have Hi, Please Read by Aiden Fitch. This is a must-listen. Is that the correct term for any Star Wars fan? I love listening to Blast Points, and it helps me through my day. They have a great, positive, and fun outlook on all things Star Wars. P.S. When are you guys going to talk about your favorite non-main character droids? Like top 20 or maybe ones you want to have their own figure or at least get an updated figure or just all of the above. Also, could you do an episode on Jawas or the Yuzan Vong? Sorry for ranting on and taking up your time. You guys are the best. Also, P.S. Love the ABC's episode and the big blazing power of the Force episode. So ABC's love, finally. That's one of our favorites. So thank you, somebody, for listening to it. Thank you, Aiden Fitch. Thank you. And to answer your questions, uh, we got a droids episode, uh, hopefully coming this year still. 2019, we'll see a droids episode, maybe with someone you heard earlier on this episode. I don't know. <laughs> Will we ever do an episode on Jawas? Yes. <laughs> Use on Vong, maybe. <laughs> it's like we like we said, it'll be a long time from Rise of Skywalker until something else. So this is episode seven hundred ninety-one. I guess we're talking about the Use on Vong. I don't yeah. know. We're talking about him again. It's use on, it's use on Vong year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Vong Vong year. <laughs> it's a Vong Vong time ago. This well, thank you again, Aiden. This next one is from the phrase. And the phrase one is titled the best Star Wars podcast ever, period. I love Blast Points so much. Jason and Gabe are hilarious, unwaveringly enthusiastic, and highly intelligent humans put on this earth to geek out about Star Wars. Their show is the most optimistic, inclusive, and fun Star Wars podcast on the internet. Their love for the silly side of George Lucas's seminal space saga has rehabilitated my complicated relationship with the prequels and made me a better fan in the process. If you're tired of all the hate and infighting within the Star Wars community, do yourself a favor and listen to Blast Points. Uh, thank you, the phrase. Thank, yeah, thank you, phrase. It's that special kind of George Lucas love. Yeah, sprinkle it on everything. Just, like seeds. Just watch all the beautiful flowers grow. And last we have The Best Star Wars Podcast by Michael Scott 23 I've listened to a lot of different Star Wars podcasts. None of them are as good as Blast Points. They are so positive about Star Wars. Too many podcasts talk bad about it. Not Jason and Gabe. Thanks for making my workday better and sharing the vast knowledge you have. I now appreciate things about Star Wars that I never even knew about. May the Force be with you. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Michael Scott. 
And thanks again to The Phrase and Aiden Fitch and Nietzsche. And if you want to get your review read on an upcoming episode, do what they did. Write a little something over there on Apple Podcasts and we'll read yours. And we love getting them. And so thank you, everyone, again. Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. points too accurate for sand people only imperial stormtroopers are so precise website blastpointspodcast.com follow us on instagram twitter facebook and on facebook sign up for i guess i say this wrong i'm hearing <laughs> what is it actually called <laughs> the blast points super star wars chill group it's what it, it's what it, it's whatever you want it to be <laughs> what do you call it jason uh the, the facebook group <laughs> yeah so join the facebook group where it's blast points 24 7 even when we're asleep, it's still blast points. <laughs> it's true. It really, sometimes I wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, people have been posting weird stuff all night long. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to support the show in a different way, we have a Patreon out there. Um, we got movie reviews. Uh, we got Spider-Man Far From Home and had a commentary for The Last Jedi. Maybe you've heard of it. Got a full commentary for episode eight on there that is a lot of fun and yeah if you support us on patreon get tons of bonus stuff and um and yeah if you already do thank you very much but that about wraps up episode number 180 thank you so much once again to tom spina for joining us once again he's sleeping on the couch right now behind us (laughs) we're wearing hazmat suits so we don't catch whatever he caught at san diego but we're hoping he'll be better soon. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he'll wake up soon and he'll be back on another episode again soon. But, well, thank you once again. We we love having him as our reoccurring guest so often. We love it. Thank you once again. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you.
know, or the, uh, um, the, the rug pull in a, uh, uh, like a trailer where the music goes from all dark and brooding to like, then I saw her face down, 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 down. And you just get that, the record scratch. Um, <laughs> but anyway, may the force be with all of you.